0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel Treasure Valley. Today we begin the book of Leviticus, which is basically the tabernacle operation manual for the priests. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues his study of God's Word with Leviticus chapter 1 on Simply the Bible.
0: Today we begin the book of Leviticus. The name means pertaining to the Levites. After the golden calf incident, the men of the tribe of Levi set themselves apart by their willingness to execute the commandment of Moses. This was the tribe that Moses and Aaron were from, and it would become the priestly tribe. The book of Leviticus more specifically pertains to the priests who were of the tribe of Levi. It is a kind of manual for them and the people in how to worship the Lord. A certain lady, on being asked if she ever read the Bible straight through, replied, I have never read it through, though I have read much of it consecutively. Three times I have started to read it through, but each time I've broken down in Leviticus. I have enjoyed Genesis and Exodus, but Leviticus has seemed such dull reading that I have become discouraged and have given up. It is true that a simple reading of Leviticus does not appeal much to the modern mind. It describes an old system of worship with technical details that seem far removed from most of us. However, Leviticus is quoted much in the New Testament. It forms the basis for the only way any of us can approach God, and that is through sacrifice. All of it points ultimately to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who cleanses us from sin and presents us holy before God. Now, the words holy or holiness are found more than 80 times in the book. The word blood is found 88 times in Leviticus. Sacrifice and blood do not really appeal to the modern spiritual appetite. People want to experience God without a bloody religion. But that simply isn't possible because of our sins that separate us from God. We can't approach God on our own or in our own righteousness. Certainly, a key verse is Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. You see, in God's economy, no blood, no forgiveness, no forgiveness, no salvation. And when it comes to our salvation, we don't set the terms, God does. We have nothing to negotiate with. Because the just reward of sin is death, then the only way to atone for sin is the death of another. We were all spiritually dead because of sin, but God has given the life in the blood to make atonement for our souls. Leviticus begins with five offerings. The first three are called sweet savor offerings. They were voluntary free will offerings. The last two were sin offerings. These were mandatory if you wanted to be forgiven of your sins. All five offerings were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Understanding these offerings as the old covenant means of worship helps us to appreciate all that Christ has done for us in reconciling us to God. We begin in Leviticus chapter 1. Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when any of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock of the herd and of the flock. The first thing we notice is that whereas in Exodus, the Lord spoke to Moses on top of Mount Sinai in Leviticus, he speaks from the tabernacle. God gave instructions to make the tabernacle so that he would be able to dwell with his people. And now that the tabernacle was built, it was happening. The Lord begins with instructions for the burnt offering. This was the offering that Abel and Noah and Abraham offered. It was the oldest offering in existence. It's the offering of consecration where the entire animal was offered to God. There were two restrictions. First, carnivorous animals of prey were forbidden. And second, They had to be clean animals that were domesticated. Since the burnt offering pictured the sacrifice of Christ, it had to accurately represent him. First, Jesus did not come to take life, but to give his life as a ransom for many. Therefore, an animal that killed other animals could not represent him. Second, the father spared not his own son, but freely delivered him up for us all. Therefore, the burnt offering had to cost the worshiper something. It wasn't something he caught in a hunt, but took from his own cherished livestock. In giving the instructions for the burnt offerings, the Lord begins with the burnt offering from the herd. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord and the priests. Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into its pieces. The sons of Aaron the priests shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priests... Aaron's sons shall lay the parts, the head, and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. But he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water. And the priest shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. All offerings had to be offered at the door of the tabernacle. God didn't want them sacrificing wherever they pleased the pagans, sacrificed on the high places. God wanted them to have a central location so that they would follow his prescribed methods. The offerer would put his hand on the head of the burnt offering as a symbol of designation and transference. He was designating the animal to take his place. And in the case of the sin offering, he was transferring his own guilt to the animal. Thus, the animal would be accepted to make atonement for him. Now, in the Old Testament, the word atonement meant to cover. The author of Hebrews tells us that the blood of bulls and goats was insufficient to take away sin. It could only cover it until the better sacrifice would come in Jesus Christ, whose blood would take away our sins. The entire animal would be burned on the bronze altar in parts, except for the skin which would be given to the priests. It was an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Why was it a sweet aroma? I believe because it was voluntary. It was an expression of the worshippers' love for God. Verse 10, if his offering is of the flocks, of the sheep or of the goats as a burnt offering, he shall bring a male without blemish. He shall kill it on the north side of the altar before the Lord and the priests Aaron's sons shall sprinkle its blood all around on the altar and he shall cut it into its pieces with its head and its fat and the priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar but he shall wash the entrails and the legs with water then the priest shall bring it all and burn it on the altar it is a burnt sacrifice An offering made by fire a sweet aroma to the Lord. An offering from the flocks, whether a sheep or a goat, would pretty much be treated the same way as one from the herds. So then why would you choose a goat rather than a steer? It was all about what you could afford to give and what you were willing to give. As the Apostle Paul would write to the Corinthians, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God made provision to freely give to him whether you were wealthy, middle class, or poor. If the bull was the Cadillac of burnt offerings, then the goat was probably the Chevrolet. But in all cases, it all came up as a sweet savor to the Lord because it came from your heart. Verse 14. And at the burnt sacrifice of his offering to the Lord is of birds, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or young pigeons. The priest shall bring it to the altar, wring off its neck and burn it on the altar. Its blood shall be drained out at the side of the altar and he shall remove its crop with its feathers and cast it beside the altar on the east side into the place for ashes. Then he shall split it at its wings, but shall not divide it completely. And the priest shall burn it on the altar on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. It is interesting that God even allowed turtle doves and pigeons as burnt offerings so that no one would be excluded. After Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary offered the sacrifice of the turtle doves or pigeons, showing how poor they really were. But no matter how wealthy or poor you were, whether you gave a bull or pigeons, this free will offering would be a sweet aroma to the Lord. He was impressed, not with the size of the gift, but with the attitude of the heart. Now, as mentioned earlier, the burnt offering was a picture of our Lord's complete dedication of himself to God. Hebrews 10.9 says of him, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. In Ephesians 5.2, the Apostle Paul wrote, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Christ freely and willingly gave himself for us, the just for the unjust. He put his entire person on the altar of the cross, and this came up before the throne of God as a sweet-smelling aroma. There is also a life application for us in the burnt offering, because as Christ consecrated himself for us, so we are to consecrate ourselves to God. That's the meaning of Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The verb tense that Paul uses here for the word present means to present once and for all time. It is interesting that Paul tells us to present our bodies to God rather than our souls or spirits but it is a direct reference to the burnt offering where the entire body was placed upon the altar. And once it was placed there, it could not be removed. Likewise, once we present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, they are to remain on the altar and never be removed. I have been crucified with Christ. I am now dead to sin. I must remind myself of that because I don't always feel dead to sin. Sometimes, My old nature wants to hop right off the altar and spring to life again. But if I will keep it tethered to the horns of the altar with cords of love for God, then the fire of the Holy Spirit will burn away the flesh of the old man and refine me as a new man in Christ. As I remain on the altar, he makes me holy and acceptable to God. He'll do the same for you.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we'll see that it wasn't only sacrificial animals that were accepted on the altar. The Lord also gave Moses instructions for presenting grain in its various forms. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Leviticus on Simply the Bible.